The issues that matter most, right here. The Drew Mariani Show. On Relevant Radio. All families fight, bicker, fall out, and reconcile. But some don't do that last part. For some, the disagreements or disapprovals lead to irreconcilable differences. Parents and children or siblings who simply never speak again. And there are signs that it's becoming more common than ever. It's the Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. Yeah, you know, how is your family? How are they doing? Are are you uh, rock solid? Or is there division within the family? I had a conversation uh, with somebody a couple days ago. And I didn't know they were identical twins. Not identical, fraternal twins. Uh, It was his sister. And um, he told me that he doesn't know why, but his sister hasn't spoken to him in decades. He's 60 years old, and she stopped talking to him when they were in high school. And he's tried to reach out to her in the past, but it's kind of radio silence. It's it's, it's a weird situation. I don't get it. I mean, you know, to me, there's got to be a reason. That that communication has has stopped, but maybe it's happened to you. Maybe there is just you know for some reason somebody has just decided to ghost you, right? Family member of some sort. Maybe there was something that happened. You know, we know the stats when you take a look at this about the disintegration of families. Uh, there's no news there, but there is something else going on right now. And again, I see the hallmarks of the evil one on this. Uh, Satan loves to divide and he hates the family. And if there's division in your family, stay with us. Dr. Peter Kulponis is going to be joining us in a few minutes and we'll we'll talk to him about it. But this this friend, again, he's a boomer, faithful Catholic, came from a family of four siblings. Uh, they've always, he said, tried to live out their Catholic faith. And if you met him, you, you probably wouldn't hear much about, I don't know, his siblings or parents. Like I said, I've known him probably for 15 or 20 years and I just found out about this a couple days ago. And you'd more than likely not even know he was a twin. When I found he was a twin, I'm like, are you kidding me? I don't think there's a closer sibling than your twin, right? You shared a womb together. And um, when he told me he and his sister haven't spoken since they graduated school, um, I think he told me it was 40 years ago, 45 years ago. So it was some really long period of time. Uh, apparently, she reluctantly showed up for his wedding didn't say much. And then when tragedy struck, he lost um, one of his children. And his only, his oldest, only his oldest sister showed up for the funeral. So, I mean, there's dysfunction in the family. There's something not right there. I don't know all the details. I don't really need to know. But I think his story is reflective of problems that resonate in the households of a lot of Americans. He doesn't know what he did to call this. And she never has answered his letters or his questions. He's written to her. So Maggie's asking me, has she ever answered any family member? She has. Yeah, they spoke. There there was a family chat, Maggie, that was going on. Um, And when Tom was in it, when he joined it, suddenly there's like radio silence. Oh, you know, so I I, I don't know. I I don't know. It's, um, It's strange. It's really, it's, it's just a strange situation. So pray, pray for resolution. But this is called estrangement. And I saw an, an article. We'll talk about it coming up. And I, I'd love to hear your story. Are you going through it right now? How did you bridge the gap? What caused the divide? But it's something that's dividing families. The LA Times just carried a story. And it was about, uh, you probably know the name, a former baseball player called Steve uh, 
Steve Garvey, right? Now Garvey's running, I think, to become the Republican candidate for the open Senate seat that's there in California. Uh, So the Times, of course, is going to run a hit piece on him. And that's what they were doing. And, you know, when you're running on an image, he's trying to run it on a Mr. Clean image. Uh, He's fathered two children by women who weren't his wife while divorcing the women you're married to in order to get married to a completely different woman. A lot of dysfunction there, right? It's not exactly a clean image. But part of the story is that Garvey has had not had any communication with the children that he fathered. I mean, how do you do that? Okay, you get divorced. You don't like the mom, right? You got problems. How can a father not communicate with his children? So he's he's cut off this communication with his children in his first marriage. Um, and, and again, you know, this is estrangement. Children want the love of their parent. They want to be able to talk. There was a woman named Ann Bauer. She wrote a column for a website called Persuasion. And the headline is this. It says, America's families are not okay. And in it, she's told the story of people who've been estranged from their families for all kinds of reasons. But what was different is that there are now people encouraging others to get estranged from their families. She writes that recent studies show more than a quarter of of adult children in our country, they are or they have been estranged from one or both parents, a quarter of them. This is so reflective of where we are, isn't it? I mean, we're talking about the breakdown of the family. When you've got one in four children estranged from one or both of their parents, there's something seriously societally wrong here. One sociologist estimated that 67 million people are currently estranged. So maybe it's you, maybe it's your children, maybe it's your grandchildren, maybe it's somebody you know. Conversations about going, quote, no contact and estrangement are now the mainstream of daytime talk shows and social media. And she says people between the ages of 20 and 40, estrangement has become a a banner of being brave in some circles, right? Men's Health, they ran a piece, and it said, estranging yourself from family can be life-saving. It's like that Amazon Prime show we just talked about, right? How can that be life-saving, right? It's it's twisting something that should be fundamentally good and and and, and making it bad, and yet portraying this behavior as good. Uh, there have been multiple entries online. I think WikiHow is one of them, you know, for non-contact with family members. It, this Ann Bauer, she wrote that literally thousands of YouTube and TikTok coaches are offering advice for cutting toxic family out of your life. So there was a, a Google search for how to estrange from your parents. Guess how many returns? Almost a half a million of them. 370,000 results. How to estrange from your parents. Satan hates the family. He hates it. And I, I, this is the hallmark of what he's doing. Division, of course, is from the devil. So discouraging people from becoming estranged from their families. If you if you, if you are trying to encourage that online, that's just evil. It's demonic. See, you have to, for, for a time, I think, separate from them. If, there, if there's dysfunction, there's abuse. Yes, you definitely have got to do that, right? Um, but you need healing. You need to somehow try to, to reunite, to, to to heal whatever wound it is. 
Uh, let me go ahead and uh, take a call or two for you, too. If you want to join us, you can dial in 888-914-9149. Are you experiencing this in your own family? And if that's the case, how have you bridged the gap? I, I heard a man call. I think it was Patrick yesterday. I was driving either to Mass or the studio or something. I, I heard a guy calling who says his son actually hates him. He's got like four kids or five kids, and the oldest kid wants nothing to do with the father at all. He, his oldest kid gave him a little bit of trouble when he was uh, – in high school, and the father pulled him out of a school, went off to college, and the, the the kid wants nothing to do with his father at all. In fact, he's he's downright he curses at him. He does all sorts of horrible things to the father. Right? The other kids apparently aren't that way, and and he wanted to know. He said, "Patrick, you know what, what should I do?" And Patrick said, "Well, maybe you should not stop talking to him. Just don't talk." The father would text or he wished him happy birthday and. The son went off on a on a rant. My my approach to that is, yeah, I understand. I understand. Pull back, you know. With time, perhaps that heart will change. You, you have to pray. I'm not opposed to texting every once in a while. Hey, happy birthday! Or I'm praying for you. Or just letting the, the person know when you totally cut off a relationship, you totally cut off communication. And how do you mend a relationship without communication? But I know one other story, and I'll grab your calls. I'll take a break. Doctor Peter Kaponis will be joining me. Um, what are the, um, I, I knew a woman, uh, she had a, a sister who was a year younger than her and her sister either had mental illness or was just evil, right? I, I knew this family, right? Beautiful Catholic family, right? The mother did everything she could, not only for her own children, but for this woman, for her sister's children. And this woman was so mean, would spread so many lies, would throw this woman under the bus and this one good mother constantly tried to mend with her her sister, tried to build this bridge to somehow work it out. After decades of abuse and of misrepresentation, she finally stopped just talking to her sister altogether. But she never stopped praying, and the door was always open. But she stopped being a doormat. She stopped being abused by that type of behavior. And I do understand that. There's got to be a point where you try, you try, and try, and then you realize, okay, the door's open, the phone works two ways, I'll continue to pray for you, but you also do have to protect yourself from that type of abuse within the family. So we will uh, do this. Let me take a break. And when we come back, uh, we'll take your call. Susan in New Jersey, you're first up. You were first in. If you want to join us, share your story. We'll be speaking to a psychologist and the founder of Integrity Counseling, Dr. Peter Kulponis. He's an expert on resolving excessive anger, and he's uh, just a brilliant, a brilliant uh psychiatrist. So he'll be with us when I return. All right. So stay with me. There's more to come right after this. The Drew Mariani Show is live now. The Drew Mariani Show. Here for you on Relevant Radio. Hey, join Father Rocky this September for a pilgrimage to Poland and Prague. You'll visit the lands of St. John Paul the Great, St. Faustina, Our Lady of Czestochowa, and the infant child of Prague. Seats are limited. Information at relevantradio.com slash Poland. That's relevantradio.com slash Poland. No one wants to talk about having an estranged sibling or somebody in their family, but it happens. I mean, you hear people saying, I don't want to talk, I haven't talked to him for a couple of years. It happens all the time in families, more often than we think, I would argue. And typically, it's just a result of a real close relationship, usually very close. And there's some misunderstanding or some situation that deals with money that draws you apart. But often it's not based on truth or fact. It's based on emotion. The Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. 
Yeah, recent studies show that more than one in four adult children in the U.S. are or have been estranged from their families. That is a stunning number. There's an article out called Why So Many Young People Are Cutting Off Their Parents, and it's actually a movement right now, estranging yourself from your family. Uh, articles like Men's Health say it could be life-saving. Um, so much to talk about here. If you're going through this right now, I know how painful it must be. Uh, and again, we have to qualify. If you're in an abusive relationship, you've got to get out of that. Uh, if you're emotionally, you know, uh, being abused or anything else, you really need to get get help. But th- there is a question that we have to explore here is whether society has swung too far the other way now where we're demonizing the family and we are advocating for the destruction and the separation of it. I've invited today Dr. Peter Kloponis to join me, and you can get in as well if you want to dial in. The number is 888 You can share your story. He is a psychologist and the founder of Integrity Counseling Services in King of Prussia, Pennsylvania. Find him online at IntegrityCounselingPA.com, and he is uh, one of our nation's best. Good to have him with us today. Doctor, good afternoon. Good afternoon. It's great to be here again. I appreciate you making time for us. Uh, I was sharing multiple stories that I've come across now talking about the rise of estrangement, uh, chat rooms and the Internet, you know, promoting this. And uh, we'll take some calls. Uh, Some people want to share the stories. But before I do, what's ripping American families apart today? Why are we seeing this movement when you do a Google search for how to estrange yourself from your parents and 370,000 results come back? I mean, it's just stunning. Well, this is this. It really is multifaceted. You know, uh, you know. First of all, we have to look at you know some of the families that these people grow up in. Um, you know, they they were you know raised by us Generation Xers, us Gen Xers who ourselves often grew up in broken families. So you know, now we have several generations of broken families. So you have parents who love their kids, but may not have themselves really known how to parent right. uh, because they came from broken homes themselves. So we have this going on. Another thing is, you know, you, you, I think, and this goes back, I think, to the 90s where, where someone coined the phrase toxic relationships yeah, yeah. and how bad these were. And if you were in a toxic relationship, you had to get out of it, which is true. However, I think, you know, how we define a toxic relationship may have changed. For example, you know, uh, your parents may say something you don't like or you don't agree with, and all of a sudden you define that as a toxic relationship. And you have to get out of it when really all there is is a disagreement. So, it's, again, it's, it's how we define toxicity in a relationship. And, of course, uh, you know, so many people are online today. And, you know, unfortunately, many believe that, you know, what they see online is gospel truth. And they come to believe that, you know, because they may have a disagreement, yeah. they have to end the relationship. Right? Yeah. And then thirdly, uh, you know, I, I hate to say this, but today... I think too many people are just thin-skinned. Yeah, yeah. You know, what's the worst thing you can do today is offend somebody with your words. You know, I think, you know, you know, today in today's world, if, yeah. if you want to survive, you know, you, you have to grow a thick skin. You need to be pretty tough. And yet we have a lot of people who are just very thin-skinned out there. And they, when they do get hurt, yeah, instead of working on reconciliation, uh, they just cut everything off. Yeah. So, like I said, this is this is multifaceted. I was sharing stories of a couple of 
people I know, one person I just discovered has been estranged from their identical, their, their fraternal twin for 40 mm -hmm. years, right? And, and it has no idea why that sibling won't talk to him. Or another mm -hmm. uh, you know, set of sisters where I think this other sister had some sort of mental illness because, I mean, she was mm -hmm. just mean to, to this other sister. They kept trying to reconcile. Or she, the, the uh -huh. good sister tried to reconcile. The other one wanted nothing yeah. to do with it. W where do you draw the line? At what point? I, I want to grab calls. A lot of people do want to talk to you. Where do you draw the line when you stop after you've been estranged? I know as a father, I'd always want to keep the door open. But if you're being, uh -huh. you know, manipulated or abused or you got a sibling who is just misrepresenting you or lying about you or just not bringing any peace in your life. Where do you draw the line where you no longer talk to him? I shared a story about my colleague, Patrick Madrid, who had a call from a father at four children. Uh -huh. Oldest son wants nothing to do with the father. He sees the father's villain vil yeah, as just a horrible man, and the father uh -huh. doesn't know what to do. Yeah. I know this is hard, and, and there are so many variables, you know, to deal with in this situation. But, you know, at some point, you know, you have to say, okay, the door is always open here, you know. Uh, you know, I, I can't keep pursuing this because, you know, it's, it, you know, I, I just keep getting slapped in the face. All right. And you can only take that for so long, but you That's always right. want to say the door is open. Yes, well said. Susan in New Jersey, you're on with Dr. Peter Kloponis. Good afternoon. Yes. Hi. Thank you, Drew. Um, I wanted to express uh, what had occurred to, with me and my sister. My sister's two years older than I. She's a teacher in New Jersey. And my daughter had uh, gone for her dissertation. She was giving her dissertation in, uh, for her Ph.D. My sister accompanied us. And uh, while she was doing the defense, which we were not able to attend, my sister, who is my daughter's godmother, sees her quite often, um, turned to me and said, what does she identify as? Huh. And I was, I was so stunned, I had to walk away. And I, I asked her later why she asked me that question. And she said, well, she was dressed like a man. She had a black and white pants suit on. Her sleeves were rolled up. Her hair was behind her ears. And she thought she looked like a man. So I was very, very hurt. And it was, a couple, it was about a month later. We were, we were, my sister and I were at a family gathering. And I, I pulled her aside and I said, you know, you really hurt me. And she turned to me and she said, you call yourself a Christian? What about forgiveness? And the face she made and the way she said it to me made me realize that the devil was dividing us. Mm -hmm. And I didn't talk to her for that whole month, but I have been given the grace to forgive her. Uh -huh. And I'm thankful for that. Well, Su Susan, thank you. And, 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 you know, how many times do you forgive, right? Seven times, 70 times? Uh -huh. D doctor, your, your, your advice uh -huh. to somebody who's in those situations where this pattern of behavior uh -huh. may repeat. And then I know it, it, you know, people say things that are very, very hurtful. They really are. All right. Uh, and I don't mean to discount them, but, but you also have to say, okay, you know, these are hurtful words, all right? But they are words, right? And my relationship with this person, whoever it might be, a sibling, a friend, or whatever, is more important to me. Mm -hmm. Right? It's more important to me. And you know, I'm going to work on forgiving, right? Because you know, yeah, you know, it would be worse to lose the relationship over words, 
you know, and, and this is it. And this is what I find so many times estrangement comes because of words. Right? Now, sometimes it needs to happen because there are very abusive relationships and people can be very abusive with their words if it happens over and over and over again. All right. But when you're looking at an isolated incident, it is very painful, and I get it, and I, I want to validate that. But there comes a point where you have to say, okay, I need to let this go, right? you know, yeah. and not, you know, not because you're wrong or they're wrong or, or whatever, but just because, okay, the relationship is more important to me, right? Now, if things like that keep going, then, all right, you need to step up and say something. Yeah. But if it's a one-time situation... Sometimes you have to say, okay, I just need to let it go. Amen to that. Susan, thank you for your call. I appreciate it. I hope it works out for you. Laura is in Glendale, Arizona. Laura, hi. You're on the air with Dr. Kulponis. Good afternoon. Hi. Thank you. So come from a Catholic family. My parents passed. There is a trust, and my sister just completely money-driven, evil, spreading lies, much like Drew's previous story with yeah. people he knows. Uh, destroyed cousins, families, everything. And, you know, where do I draw the line, right? A priest, I went to my priest, he told me it's a toxic relationship and God wants you to be happy and you've got to get out of that. And so we don't speak, but I, I have guilt over it. I pray for her, but, you know, what can I do to heal myself and, and you know, just know that, you know, I tried and, Good you know, where do I go from here? How do I heal? I know that's, that's very hard, uh, you know, when you're dealing with a situation where, first of all, everybody's grieving. Everybody's grieving. There's been a terrible loss. Uh, and then, you know, you kind of have to bring money into it because you're settling in a state. And believe me, I, uh, I've been the executor of a state. It's the worst job anybody could ever have. It's true. Okay. So, uh, you know, but in a situation like that, you know, and, and I've had something similar, I'd, I'd have to say, well, you know, uh, this isn't me. Right. I'm bound by the rules and the laws regarding estates and trusts. All right. Yeah. So it's kind of like you have to tell people, you know, don't shoot the messenger because you don't like the message. All right. And that's all you are is that executor is the messenger. That's all you are. Right. You know, and, and it's sad to see, you know, people in this terrible time of grieving become so fixated on money. Right, become so fixated on it. So, in a situation like that, you know, if it involves a sibling or another family member, okay, you, you may need to give them a few months to kind of cool off, work through their own grief, then reach out to them and say, hey, let's talk. And again, go back to the point and say, listen, you know, this wasn't my decision. All right, this is based on the will, the estate, the trust, whatever, and just say, hey, this is, this is what I had to do, and this is what I was bound by. D Doctor, that's great advice for people, because money does divide, especially in, after yeah. you know, estates. I've never seen anything <clears throat> like it. It's kind of crazy how vicious people can get. But Laura is mm -hmm. also asking, how does she heal? I mean, she's been wounded yeah. by this greedy, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. uh, other interest-driven yeah. uh, sibling. Mm -hmm. and so and now okay. she's estranged from it, and you don't want to be estranged well, from your families, and you are wounded. So yeah. how do you begin the healing mm -hmm. process when you realize, okay, i got to give this distance and time, but you got to move on and heal your heart? Well, in, in healing your own heart, you know, it's, it's, again, it's realizing that, you know, her sister is also grieving, all right? You know, you're all grieving, you're all hurt. But you all just have to look at this and say, okay, the, looking at the way this person is treating me, you have to ask the question, 
with a normal, healthy, loving, rational human being treating another human being that way? Right? The answer is no. Something is wrong there. Something is wrong. Right? You know, and it's realizing, hey, it's not you. It's not you. All right? The other person is struggling with something. They're the deeply wounded person. And here's where you need to go to Lord and say, okay, Lord, help me to forgive this person. Help me to forgive this person and move on and help me to realize that what happened has no bearing on my worth, my value, my lovability, you know. I know that I am still loved. God still loves me. And there are many people in my life who love me and care about me. And it's just every day saying, Lord, help me to forgive my sister. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. It's work. It's work. But it's effective work. Laura, thank you. I'm sorry for what you're going through. I really am. It's painful. It really is. What what role does prayer play in all this, Doctor? I mean, how important is Mm -hmm. that? You know, I I know multiple people who've been ghosted by by family members or Mm -hmm. in-laws. I mean, it is painful. I mean, I understand what Laura's saying. I mean, you know, you don't understand. You don't want Mm -hmm. this. It's a misconception or misunderstanding. Mm -hmm. Yet there's that deep wound. I, I think prayer sometimes can really help you get through that tough time. But but your thought and your practice, yeah. what role would you think, mm-hmm. you know, what role is prayer playing? Prayer, what do you suggest? Prayer is a huge part of this because, you know, when you're estranged from a loved one, this is a, a, a terrible cross to bear, a terrible cross to bear. And prayer gives you the strength to carry that cross, gives you the strength. You know, there, there's a wonderful book I love. It's called The Ten Prayers God Always Says Yes To. It's a great book. And in it, one of those prayers is, you know, Lord, give me the strength to endure this trial. All right. Because there's a lot of trials we're going to go through in life. You know, normally we say, Lord, take away this trial, you know, and, and he doesn't do that because I believe he wants us to get something out of that. But what he will give you is the strength and the grace to endure and work through that trial, to carry that cross. And this is where prayer comes in, right? It's to be able to carry the cross to be able to forgive the person that estranged you, right? And also prayer can help you to be able to look inside your own heart to say, okay, well, was there anything that I did that may have hurt this person? Now, a lot of times you may not figure that out. You may be racking your brain. You just cannot figure out for the life of you what you may have done or said, and that's okay. But sometimes you may find out something. That's such a good point. You have to go to that person with, yeah, you know, maybe there's something that you need to apologize for or whatever, but, but it's also just, you know, realizing, okay, you know, we we need the grace to do that, the grace to forgive, the grace to carry the cross and then the grace to look at ourselves. And this is what prayer does for us. You know, just looking for that guidance of the Holy Spirit to work through all of this. My guest today is Dr. Peter Koponis. If you're on hold, I'll get you on the air. Let's go back to the phones. Laura, thank you again for your call. Uh, we'll go to South Branch, Michigan next. Pam has got a comment for you, doctor. Hi, Pam. Hi, doctor. Hi, uh, Drew. I have a situation similar to what everybody else has that you're talking about today. Uh, we have a son who is probably substance and uh, drug um has a problem with that. He was an alcoholic at one time and once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic, has two children, uh, bad divorce, and now he never sees his children. The kids don't want to have 
too much to do with them because he he comes sometimes to pick them up uh, and he is drunk and mom won't let the kids go with him. So we try and keep in touch with him, but the conversations always end with him hanging up because he uh, accuses us of being Catholic now and uh, that's all our big thing. And he does not believe in God and uh, it's just turned into a bad thing. And my husband, one of our last conversations with uh, our son, he said, you need to start reading the Bible. Well, we read the Bible, but it is a hard book to pick up when you're not believing in God. And I was wondering if there's some way to get in some book. And I know Dr. Peter just mentioned the 10 prayer that God always answers. Um, is there anything else? I've sent him St. Dymphna prayer cards and I pray to her because he does have mental illness and so, and so she's got a slightly different, Pam, you've got a slightly yeah. different situation. You're dealing with you know, the mental illness in there as well. But what books would you yeah. recommend, doctor? And, and well, with substance abuse, uh, mental illness, other things that are outside the rational mind, I mean, that makes it very difficult, yeah. I think, for a lot of people. Yeah, there's, there's, there's so much going on there, you know. And, and I'll tell you, uh, he says he doesn't believe in God. You know, I believe that he does believe in God. Right, you know, and I believe most most atheists believe in God. You know, why do they get so upset when you bring God up? You know, if 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 God doesn't exist, why would they get upset? Well, my belief is they do believe in God, but right now they're angry with God. They're angry and they're hurting. And this is what we need to have for people like that. We need to have real compassion for them. We need to pray for them. We need to pray for them. Uh, You know, and you know, right now, if talking about God you know, just really brings up this anger, I, I would kind of avoid that for a little while. You know, just really try to talk to him, you know, be able to say, yeah, I know you're hurt. I know you're angry. I know you're angry, and I care about you, and I love you. You know, he needs to know that there's someone out there that really loves him, you know. And eventually you can say, you know, you know and you, you know the love that I have for you? God has even more for you, right? And it's because of God's love that I'm, I'm able to love you. Right? So right now, it's just focus on really loving him, you know, setting firm boundaries, but really loving him, you know, acknowledging that he's hurting and he's angry. Yeah. Right? And then in time, being able to bring God into the picture. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah. Hey, well, thank you, Pam, uh-huh. for your call. You know, our next call um, is out of Austin, Texas. Megan is online. She's a millennial and has, a, I think, a really interesting point to present. Megan, thanks for joining us. Hi. Um, thanks for having me. I would say um, being a millennial, a lot of the messaging that we got growing up was kind of a, a victim mentality, I would say. Um, a lot of people are talking about um, how others did them wrong and then also that traditional idea of respecting your elders that totally got thrown out of the window and you have more of that liberal Hollywood mentality of kind of worshiping of youth Um, and I feel like our parents are real people they're going to make mistakes as 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 we get older too but in olden days and then also 
you know, with more traditional cultures, you just respect your parents, you respect your elders. Even if you're upset with them, you still call them, take them to their appointments as you get older. Nowadays, it's just, oh, I'm cutting them off, which unfortunately my sister is doing with my parents um, because they're imperfect people. But it's really sad for me because I like my family to be together um, and it's just not happening right now. Well, Megan, thank I, you. I agree with that. I, I agree with that. I think that, uh, you know, we find that, uh, you know, and, and I hate to stereotype or categorize people, but, you know, we do find that among millennials and, and Gen Zers, Generation Z, that, um, you know, we've we, we raised them to be very thin-skinned, to have this victim mentality, um, you know, and, and to really be hurt by words, you know. I mean, you know, when I was growing up, we always learned, you know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but mm. names can never hurt me. Yeah. All right. So, but now, today, you, you, you just have to be very careful what you say. You know, you could get fired, you could be estranged, you could get canceled in our culture. So I, I think this is, you know, we do have a couple of generations of young people that, um, you know, have a difficult time dealing with life and, and the struggles of life and, and the struggles of relationships. You know, if the relationship isn't going perfectly the way you want it, well, then you just end it. You, or you, you have to end it because you come to believe it's toxic. When really it's not toxic, there's just conflict here. Right? And you have to learn how to deal with conflict. So uh, I'll get off my soapbox on that. <laughs> I, I love it. Hey, thank you very much, Megan. We appreciate you tuning in and, and sharing mm -hmm. that with us. Lisa's in Chicago. Uh, this is an interesting call as well. Lisa, good afternoon. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Okay. Um, first of all, thanks for addressing this topic because it's been a struggle, and um, I think a lot of people are going through it, so I really appreciate that. Um, my sister is gay. I've hosted her and her partner for, you know, as, as long as I've known, as long as they've been together. And a little before COVID, she point blank asked me, do you approve of gay marriage? And I was honest, and I said, no, you know, it's against my Catholic faith. I love you guys. Um, so subsequently, after COVID, we had differences of opinion about how that was handled, and they just started getting together without us, my whole family, and just left us high and dry. And um, I was told that her counselor advised that she not, you know, engage with anybody that doesn't agree with her lifestyle. So I don't know if that's an issue for other people, but it's been really horrible for our family because I love them and I miss them. And one thing I wanted to point out, I did get the chance to meet with Father Bald a few times, and... Um, you know, he, he brought about peace in Rwanda after the genocide. And he said, people always say, I love that person. I pray for them. I just don't ever want to see them again. He said, no, you go and you sit with that person and you have a meal with them and you talk with them. Uh -huh. And that really affected me. And one more quick thing, I was agonizing over this, and I only bring this up if it helps other people. But it was really devastating, and it always felt like this dagger in my chest, and I just took it to the Lord in prayer and one day I was really, it was just twisting, twisting, breaking my heart. And I heard the Lord say to me internally, would you suffer this for the sake of their souls? And I just recommend that to anybody that's in this situation, mm -hmm. that take that yeah. cross and offer it up for our own salvation and for the salvation of our loved mm -hmm. ones. And if it's God's will, so be it. You know, he'll, he'll make it right in his time. And that's so beautiful because, you know, it's, it's you know, when when people stop talking, this one thing this is when things break down. You know, mm -hmm. in a marriage, when a couple stops talking, what happens? Divorce. You know, 
when when countries start talking, what happens? Stop talking. What happens is war. So people need to understand that. Yeah, you know, you're going to meet a lot of people in your life that don't agree with you. All right. You know, whether it's on moral issues, you know, political, financial, whatever, they may not agree with you, but that doesn't mean you stop talking. It's just hard because how do you make the other person, you know what I mean? Like it takes two people to be in a relationship, but one person to end Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, so I just pray. I don't know if they have any, you know, every time I reach out, I get shot down. So I I appreciate what you said about that, too. It it is hard, you know, and and I kind of get angry because, you know, if, if her therapist told her, you know, don't talk to you anymore. You know, th- th- this isn't helping her. You know, this this therapist is just sowing division yeah. in your family. Yeah. All right. You know, and they should be working on unity. So, because we're going to, you know, and today it, it's a shame, you know, you know, for example, if you have a difference in political opinion, people will end the relationship. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's sad. You know, we have to learn yeah, how to is. deal with, yeah. with conflict and differences of opinion. It's wild. And ahead, it reminds listen. me of how God God just loves us unconditionally and just wants to be in relationship with us. Yeah. And how many times do we say, you want this, you want that? And it's like, no, he just loves us and wants to be in a loving relationship with us. That's so exactly. beautifully that's, said. That's, that's the goal. Yeah, I, I love it. <laughs> beautifully said. Lisa, Thank we'll you. pray for you, too. And, Thank uh, you. you know, for everyone who's listening, I, I, I'm going to ask them to say a prayer for you and for your sister and for all of these Thank calls you. that we're getting here. Uh, it hurts to be estranged from somebody you love. You know, especially when they're your family member, your parent or your sibling. Hurts if you're estranged from your in-laws or your friends, maybe even ex-colleagues. You know, let's pray for that healing that we need. My guest today is Dr. Peter Kaponis. We're talking about the rise in estrangement right now between families and and friends and much more. What's driving this? Is it cultural? Uh, Is there something else? Is this always going on? And doctor, maybe we come back. We'll grab a few more calls. A lot of people waiting to talk with you. So I want to dive into that. But maybe maybe you can give me a historical assessment. It seems more and more people are going down this path. And I don't know whether it's because of the digital age we're in or the psychology of our day. Maybe you could address that. We'll explore that and more when I return. Did you like what Drew and the guest had to say? Get caught up on this conversation and all the others by going to the relevant radio archives. Just search for The Drew Mariani Show. Hey, looking for a new job? How about one that offers opportunities for spiritual, social, and charitable growth? Our sponsor, Catholic Order of Foresters, is hiring new agents today. Visit relevantradio.com slash Forrester. An Illinois Life Insurance Society not available in all states. You're listening to Drew Mariani on Relevant Radio. And we are a family here too, right? We're a family of faith. We are all sons and daughters of God. You're my brother. You're my sister. I love that. You know, and God has given us these these families. You know, we have our genetic families. We've got um, Real challenges, because I, I really believe, you know, I was talking during the break to Dr. Coponis, I, I think one of the big reasons we are seeing this rise in, in estrangement between family members, parents and children, siblings, et cetera, it, it goes back to the what Sister Lucio de Santo said when she talked about the final confrontation, what that would be over. And what was the key? She, she said it would be over. Marriage and family, that's what Satan will attack. That's how he's going to manifest. 
and you clearly see the family under attack right now. It's the crosshairs of the evil one. And we've got other ideologies that are infecting families and the culture, this victim mentality, the rise in toxicity. I mean, it goes on and on. And, and, and doctor, I want to go back to you. We'll jump right back to the phones because I'm, I'm curious as to, this, you know, this is your field of expertise. You're a psychologist. You've got to practice. Are we seeing a rise in this or is it just being better reported or the fact that we've got a digital age that more people are engaging in this dialogue? Has this always been the case or is there a breakdown of the family as you see it? I don't think this has always been the case. I think there's several things. First of all, there is the breakdown of the family, which I think has led people to value family relationships much less than you used to. You know, there, there, there used to be a saying, blood is thicker than water. Yeah. All right. So people valued family relationships. They don't do that so much anymore, you know. And I think, you know, with our society, you know, there's this whole victim mentality. Everybody's a victim, you know, and particularly if someone offends you with their words, then then you're a victim. Uh, I think there's also this, uh, you know, kind of redefining what does toxic mean, yeah. where, you know, in my mind, toxic means a very abusive relationship, whereas People today feel, well, if someone says something I disagree with, or if maybe there's a conflict in our relationship, then automatically it's toxic and I have to get rid of it. I have to end the, end the uh, relationship. Yeah. And then also, I think you talk about that digital age where yeah. everybody's on social media. So you have so many people kind of jumping on the bandwagon here or saying, okay, well, you know, if this is what everybody says I need to do, well, then this is what I have to do. So, and I think it's kind of left people with the inability to really think for themselves with this. It's, you know, whatever yeah. I see in social media, that's what I have to do. Yeah. My guest today, as I said, Dr. <clears throat> Peter Kloponis. And if you want to join us, I know the lines are stacked. You can always try tweeting at Maggie. She's got her eyes over there. <laughs> we'll jump back to the phones. Uh, Mike is in West Virginia. Mike, thanks for dialing in today. Good afternoon. Yeah. Hi. Uh, thanks for having me on. Um, just wanted, I won't bore you with uh, my story of a strange family. It's the okay. same as everybody else's. Yeah. My, uh, my question is, you know, I've, I'm in my 50s. Uh, my children are grown, uh, and I have a, a wonderful marriage. Get along with my children uh, wonderfully. Um, and, I've, you know, I've, I've broken the cycle myself with my nuclear family of, of, uh, of things that's happened in my family past. And my question really is, is it okay to just – leave all that drama behind so it doesn't poison what I've built with my family and just say, and be okay with just forgetting it all and just not caring about where they are, where they are and what they're doing because I've managed to break the cycle. Well, I would say with that, yeah, don't put up with the drama. <clears throat> so, and I would tell people in a situation like that, okay, you know, don't end the relationship. Keep it going. But let your family know, yeah, I love you dearly. You're wonderful people, but don't get me involved with the drama. All right? You set boundaries with this. And, you know, what is a boundary? A boundary is a barrier that allows the good in and it keeps the bad out. And when you set healthy boundaries in a relationship, you can have the healthiest possible relationship without, you know, having to become estranged on one hand. And on the other hand, without getting involved in the drama. So I'd say, yeah, look at where you can set healthy boundaries that can keep the relationship going, but you don't have to deal with the drama. Well, Mike, I hope that helped. I'm grateful for your call. Yeah, thank you. Glad you dialed in today. I'll move along because I know a lot of people want to get on, Doctor, and the sand is draining through the hourglass here for the show. Uh, Jack in Chicago, good afternoon. 
Hi, Drew. Thank you for taking my call. I kind of joined your program a little late, but you're talking about family estrangement. And my brother told me uh, in December that he never, ever wanted to talk to me again or see me again. He's he's disowned his children. Mm. He told me that if I went to his daughter's wedding, which he didn't go to, that he would never, ever talk to me or see me again. It's just horrible. I mean... I'm sorry. I feel incredibly hurt, and I I've spent a lot of years helping him financially. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's brutal. <sighs> Doctor, what advice would you give? And and he's he's also he's also disowned his own children, his family. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, he went through a messy divorce, you know, twenty years yeah. ago. And <clears throat> can, can I jump in for a second, Doctor, and get your take on Jack's uh-huh. situation and everybody else's? How do you discern? what the root of this is. I mean, communication is so critical. These ruptures take place. Mm-hmm. You don't know what you did. Mm-hmm. I, what did I do? Yeah. You know, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, we'll try to remedy this. Communication is one part, but how do you know if, if it's not mental illness, if it's not some sort All of right. demonic spirit, if it's not some sort of uh, a pharmaceutical that's influencing somebody, mm-hmm. something else yeah. that might be going on. It's kind of hard. I mean, you try well, to figure out what's going on in the mind of someone else. And that's hard to say because when you look at someone like this who, you know, went through a messy divorce, you know, and not only disowned disowned the extended family, but his immediate family, his own children. To me, it says, okay, there's something deeply psychological going on here. I mean, this this man is is psychologically not well. Something is going on here. Something is wrong. Um, You know, I'd want to go back and find out, okay, well, what, what was the reason for the divorce? What was going on there? What was happening in this life? There's so many details that we don't know of, and and you may never find out what those details are, but we know for a fact, you know, and like I said, in a situation, you just ask yourself, would a normal, healthy, loving, rational human being treat other people this way? Right? No. Of course, in a situation, the answer is no. So we know something must be wrong. We don't know what it is, but we know something here is wrong, you know, and this man needs our prayers. He needs our love. He needs our compassion. Um, you know, and again, this, this may be a cross that you'll have to bear with this. Because, you know, it's like, you know, you think, you know, what kind of a, what kind of a parent would, would disown his own children? You know, even, even in scripture it says, would a mother ever forsake her children? You know, no. So something is wrong here. Yeah. Go ahead, Jack. He he really, he really hurt me. And I'm trying uh, to come to grips Mm -hmm. with it, to be honest with you. Yeah, 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 I know. And I think the way to come to grips is to realize that, you know, in these cases, 99% of the time, it's not you, all right? It's not you. It's him. Something is wrong with him, all right? Something is deeply in, something in him has left him deeply disturbed. Yep. All right. He Very hurt me. Disturbed. Yeah, he did. So he Ma- hurt you. Ma- Maggie, you you've know? got some advice, too. You once heard something that uh-huh. might be helpful to those who are struggling like this. Yeah, I don't know what it was about Jack's call made me think of this, but I've I've heard of this from a number of people, that they specifically pray to Our Lady of Sorrows. Wow. Uh, uh-huh. And I think there's a novena to her. Hey, a very um, powerful one. It dates back to the, uh, and you were talking about St. Bridget today. It's her feast today, is that I it? I think so, yeah. If it's Saint, the feast of St. Bridget of Sweden, this was given to her back in the 13th century. Oh, but wow. of course, um, and maybe it's providential, uh-huh. we invoke her. It was resurrected again in another church-approved apparition where the Blessed Mother appeared in Rwanda, Africa, where there was a need to forgive because mm-hmm. genocide erupted yes. in that country. And neighbor turned on neighbor, family member turned on family. It was horrible what happened. Yes. And we uh-huh. heard Father Ubald mentioned and... 
Immaculate La Bagiza, the best New York Times bestselling author, often talks about this ministry of forgiveness and reconciliation. So uh -huh. maybe today, Our Lady of Sorrows is a person to turn to. Such a good point, Maggie. I'm, yeah. I'm grateful. Doctor, in addition to prayer, uh -huh. and before I jump back to the phones, um, in a case like Jack's or others, the woman whose sister uh -huh. came out gay or whatever it might be, uh -huh. Did you go to therapy? Do you go to counseling? Should you speak to a professional about this? Do you talk to your priest? I mean, what are the steps to find that internal uh -huh. healing and to get the solitude and that foundation uh -huh. on your feet you want? Because your, your world is rocked when, when those relationships are ruptured. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I would definitely, you know, seek some counseling on this. Talk to a therapist on that, you know, particularly someone who understands trauma, right? Because these rifts, these, these, these broken relationships are very traumatic. They're very traumatic. You think someone you've known and loved all your life all of a sudden says, you know, you mean nothing to me. I don't want nothing to do with you. That hurts very deeply. So counseling is a good thing, you know. And really, you know, yes, some spiritual direction, talking to a priest about this can be very helpful, you know, to be, because sometimes, you know, all you can do is take this person that you love deeply who's disowned you, and you need to give them over to the Lord and say, Lord, I don't know what's going on here. I don't yeah. understand this. But I need you to take this person and hold this person in your hand. Because yeah. uh, I know this person's hurting. Dawn, who's at Cranston, Rhode Island, is asking, you know, what do you do when there's nothing to forgive, right? Her brother's estranged from her. Yeah, yeah. So I want you to address that. And Teresa, who's in California, represents a lot of grandparents. So, Teresa, <laughs> let me jump to you first. Good afternoon. It's good to have you with us. Hi. Thanks, Drew. So go right ahead. I have a couple moments. So if you could just get right sure. to your point for the doctor, uh, well, would be great. I don't know if I can do that fast, but my son... Yeah, okay. And his wife divorced us, excuse me, in 2021 uh, during COVID. And um, we exchanged, I tried to exchange mail and text to reconcile and he wasn't interested. They had a son at the time who was two and they cut off all contact for a while. And then they said, oh, well, you could have a Zoom call with them once a week mm. for an hour. And so we have had a Zoom call with them, but absolutely no interest. They don't talk during the phone call. They don't um nothing and it really broke my heart and also my husband's um and it feels like grieving like a person died really um but um i have been able to forgive him through oh, a lot of prayer divine mercy uh the surrender novena of course offering masses for them and every time that uh, sorry yeah. that my heart breaks like offered up oh. I'm so sorry to hear that, okay. Teresa. Uh, doctor, I have less than a minute. I'm going to give you final thoughts, and my apologies to everyone okay. who couldn't get through. Well, well, my, 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 my only thing to say is don't give up hope, because if they are allowing you to have this once-week Zoom call with your grandson, all right, there's still some love there, and, and I think there may be some hope in the future. Just you know, keep working on that relationship with the grandson, and hopefully that can transfer over to your kids. Well, doctor, thank you for your time. I'm grateful for your service and, and all that you do. I am out of time for the day, though. I'll be back again tomorrow in about 21 hours until our paths again cross. Remember, God loves you. Turn to him. Seek his consolation and his healing. He'll give it to you. Have a good day.